A famous author and motivational speaker, Jim Rohn, once said, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Today, I have on a special guest, and we talk about that, as well as how to build your own personal board of directors. His name is Terrence McBurney, and he is one of my mentors in business. We also talk about the importance of building relationships for your career and for your own professional development here on the 20th episode of the View 112 podcast. Read, write, live. Hi, I'm Janita Morris, and this is the View 112 podcast. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of the View 112 podcast. I know I've been gone for a minute, but that's because I've been trying to nail down um, my guest for today's podcast to talk about this topic, and I really wanted it to be um, something special and important to me and for my development, as well as for your development for the 20th episode. So today my guest is a professional mentor of mine. He's someone that I uh, currently work with, but I've worked with him in different capacities. So he's been a position above me for a very short time. We were peers when I got promoted, but then because you can't keep a good man like him down. He got promoted. <laughs> he got promoted again. And uh, for a short little time, he I reported directly to him. Um, and then and now he's he's the boss um, elsewhere in our company. Um, and so his name is Terrence McBurney. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> Congratulations on on your podcast and, and your twentieth episode that I'm a part of, so I'm excited. Um, but it, it's by far one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. Um, I, I think oh, thank that you. Many times you listen to podcasts or, or you follow people online um, from either a personal or professional standpoint to gain insight, and it's great to hear some of the steps that they've, they've taken to get where they're at. But I, I feel like you bring your listeners on you with the journey right so I, I i love the level of transparency and just the vulnerability that goes into it so <laughs> thank you, know. you. Uh, well it was important for me to have you on like i said because you're a professional mentor and many of the things that i talk about uh in my journey professionally you know a lot about them but also because you've supported me so much in this journey uh, for those of you out there listening when i did my 112 books reading challenge um, Terrence read all the books read, with read every me. Every last one of them. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know that. That's a little known fact. Because uh, I always say I read 112 books, but he also read 112 books. He uh, read all the posts on 112books.com and offered me lots of feedback, um, solicited and unsolicited feedback on everything I write now, and um, lots of feedback on my podcast. So, that support uh, means the world to me. So thank you for that as well. <laughs> no problem. Never read that many books in my life. So, thank you. <laughs> um, so as my professional mentor, one of the things, and I think I should I say I call you my professional mentor, but we normally 
don't even talk about that. We don't really mention it. I think I've only said it to you like once or twice, Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of business conversations. Mm -hmm. And one of the first concepts that I don't even know if it was a professional conversation we were having, but just more about life in general. But it's funny how development bleeds over between personal and professional. Um, But you're the person who said to me about... um, a a comment from Jim Rohn I think is his name Mm -hmm. and how he talks about that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with correct um and I think you know growing up I think we've we've all heard some some part of this some aspect of this right your parents would say watch out for you hang out with right or I want you to make sure and hang out with that kid he looks he looks smart he looks like a good kid in school um and and you know it wasn't until Right around 2010, I was the first time that I heard it, and I think it, in 2012, Jim Rohn did. He's a motivational speaker, and um, really made it popular in one of his in one of his um, speaking engagements. And for me, it it really comes down to when you look at the five most people that that you spend time with in any given setting, whether it's personal, professional, etc. There's only 24 hours in a day, and you have to choose wisely on the people that you choose to invest time in um, and those that you're going to take guidance and mentorship from. Um, when I when I heard it, it was actually in a professional setting and we were going through uh, this concept of your personal board of directors. And it talked about, we, we did a gap analysis and, and, and it actually talked about where you are now, what self-gaps did, did, did you identify, what did feedback from your peers that you get and, and where you want to get to. And then it said, hey, let's talk about the five people that you spend the most time connecting with. And are these really the five people that are going to help you close the gaps? And it was eye opening for me. I found that without putting some structure um, to those five people that I was getting more of the same. I didn't have diversity of thought. And, and quite frankly, the five people that I was hanging out with or was investing in while I was pouring into uh, those individuals, I really wasn't putting myself in a position to elevate and grow as well. And, and, and that mm. concept stuck with me. And it's one that I continue to share to this day um, about you being the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, but also having a professional board of directors to, to help with your developmental journey. Yeah, so I think I remember as you were saying that what topic we were talking about. I think we were talking about weight loss or something like that, (laughs) (laughs) or exercising, and uh, and I was thinking about who I spend a lot of time with, Mm. and none of them (laughs) were like really into health and wellness and exercising. But then that did transcend into a more serious conversation uh, professionally. It made me think about that. And you're right. I think it does come from that or it's along those same lines of like your friends. And, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to be in a different room and, you know, along those same lines. So and it certainly got me to assess my the five people I was spending the most time with, which and you brought this up already. And this is the big part of what I want us to discuss is the personal board of directors. Um, now, do do your does your personal board of directors need to be these five people, the average of the five people, or are they really two separate concepts? Um. So so yes. Yeah, so so they are 
two separate concepts. And I think that and this may take us into another conversation, but there's been, you know, you, you hear the, the age old adage of work life balance. Um, some some organizations even call it a work life blend. And I think what happens when, when you blend those two together, you do lose some of your personal self. And I, and I do think that it's important to separate the two. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very important to have a, a, a personal life and a professional life. And therefore, the sum of those five can and will be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think based on the relationships that, that you, you forge in a professional sense, they can then bleed into a personal sense, a friendship, I think, of, of us and when we first started working together till now. So, so yes, they, they definitely can and will be different in some sense. Okay. Um, so how did you begin to formulate your own personal board of directors? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that I think we all have. We just don't think about it as such. And if you think growing up in any, any group setting, you tend to have the people that you connect with for something. Um, for those of you who played sports uh, growing up, there was someone on the team that, that probably helped connect you to the coach's vision. There was someone on the team that helped you with, with technique. There was another person that would help you with working out. You think um, in your family, there's probably a cousin that you can tell anything to, and this person's always there to support you. And then there's another member who's always going to give you that tough love. And, and I, I think we all have these board of directors in in and we've had them all along we just haven't put any structure to them uh, i think back in 07 um i was selected to go to a, a leadership con- uh, conference for the company that i was working with at the time and it was really about taking some high potential talent and putting you into a setting to where you'd spend three weeks getting nothing but brutal feedback a lot of gap analysis uh, putting you in situations to stretch your skill sets for you to understand where you were and where you needed to go. And this was the first time um, that I, I heard about this concept. It was very foreign to me um, at the time, but it was it was one of those things that after I, I really bought into it and learned how to do it, I, I started wondering to myself, how did I ever survive without my personal board of directors? And mm. really what it is, is just a is just building a professional network to ensure that you have balance in your in your development as you move forward to the next stages of your career. Um, so it's interesting you said balance. I think that's the thing that resonated with me about this entire concept. And um, I've told you before, but uh, for those listening, I feel like I have a very strong support system mm-hmm. in my personal life. And in my professional life, I know a lot of people and I have a lot of people you know, different people that I can go to for different things. Um, And I know this seems like, oh, what a great problem to have. But I feel like uh, in terms of my support system, the overwhelming majority of people who support me in my life are very positive. Um, Whereas there's some people who, when they look at people in their life, they may have one person that's their cheerleader. And I feel like I have tons of cheerleaders dozens of cheerleaders um and so uh the the great thing about that is I always feel loved I always feel supported I always feel like I can achieve anything that I want to do 
Um, the flip side to that is anytime that I do something, if I launch a podcast or decide to be a writer or, you know, want to apply for a different position or go down another path, everyone's like, yes, do it. You can do it. This is amazing. Like I never get any negative specific feedback or I might get some critiques here and there, but for the most part, it's like everything you say is, is amazing. Um, and so just go. And like, if you have, so many people looking at you with love and rose-colored glasses, sometimes it's hard to see around corners or understand pitfalls or, you know, know how you can improve. And so for me, a challenge is always trying to find the balance that you speak of, of trying to find other people who are going to have a different perspective, um, but also are going to challenge me. Right. And uh, I think the first time I mentioned you and where I feel like you fall in, it was like it was perceived as negative um, at first. But it really isn't. It's not that you're a naysayer. You don't walk around like putting down every single thing that I do. But you are definitely one of those people that anytime I have um, an idea, anytime I want to pursue something, um, you are just not the first person that's like, oh, that's amazing. You're like, let's assess a few things here. Is this aligned with the bigger goals that you set out to do? Uh, that's when we have these long conversations about what is your end game? Um, because I'm the type of person that I'm full of ideas and like every day I can run down a different path of some great idea I had and you're always quick to reel me in instead of just, you know, like, yeah, go do it. Try it. Like, you're definitely encouraging, but definitely like, does this fall in line with you told me X, Y and Z are your goals? Where does this fall into that plan? Or it's not to say that you can't achieve this, but it's right now the day in which you're going to begin pursuing this because you still have all these other pending things that you're working toward. Um, and I really appreciate that. And that's one of the things that um I think one of the strengths of having you as a mentor, but just a part of my, a part of my personal board of directors is I don't have that someone that can help me achieve that balance. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You you talk about the balance piece and and to go back a little bit earlier, you talked about some of the people close to you. You said it's a good problem to have. I, I think it's, it's crucial for success to have people around you that no matter what you want to do, they're going to support you in that manner. And I, 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 you know, having two people like that is a blessing. So having a multitude of people around you, um, it says one, a lot about you. Um, but it's amazing to have those individuals because you need people around you that when you're getting ready to set out an an endeavor, no matter what, they're going to support you. Mm -hmm. Right. Because one or two things are going to happen. Either you are going to be successful or you're going to fail and learn from it. And that's still success. Um, I, I think about having that group and then being very just putting some some structure around having that as the foundation and then having someone that will take a step back and look at it from a logical sense, having someone that's going to look at it from an emotional sense. Right. I think about when you started doing the podcast or people who said, hey, this is how this makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are saying, hey, what are you trying to achieve? And then, there, you know, so so having having a good balance of those people with the foundation of, hey, we're going to support you in anything that you do, I think is crucial to to success. And it's actually what the foundation of a personal board of directors would be, right? So so when you have that, you're not going to put a naysayer as one of the, the people that 
you connect with um, more often than not. Yeah. I think so. Once you told me about this and once I heard about it, I did, as I always do, a lot of research and reading about it. And um, everybody has their different philosophies about what comp- what should comprise a personal board of directors. And I think you've answered that a little bit for you. But one of the ones that seemed to have come up a lot was like having a challenger. You need a challenger on your personal board of directors. And I think that... Um, for me, that's what you are in many ways. You're a lot of different things, but cha- definitely a challenger. I've told you this before, too, and I think, I don't think I've read this on a personal board of directors, but just about a person you need in your life sometimes is like a mirror. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a couple of mirrors, but definitely, you are definitely a person that can like hold up the mirror and like repeat what you just said almost and like does this really make sense again is this in line with the goals that you set out for like you know I think it's a good idea but you told me you wanted to do x y and z and um I think that that has been very helpful for me um as well okay so I'm curious about your personal board of directors um tell me about your process wow so that's a great question I'm actually in the process of of updating my personal board of directors now i i review the people that i have each quarter so i may make adjustments sometimes i don't sometimes they say the same um in preparation for this i actually looked at the first board of directors that that i've ever put together and in keeping with the sum of five um, i had five people on it um to your to your point earlier, you talked about that challenger, right? So you need that that peer buddy, that person that is really on that same level in the grind with you and, and understands what you're going through, but someone that's going to offer some great perspective. That person, more times than not, should be a person that is at least going to challenge you, not to change your mind, but to, to challenge your perspective on things. Um, another or a couple other components that I'd go over, you know, having yourself a teacher. This one is going to teach you a specific skill set, right? Um, and, and this can be on any level. It could be something as simple as if you're not familiar with the tools and resources that you have at your disposal, this person can teach you um, how to better utilize these. Having a coaching mentor, right? Somebody that's going to support your professional growth. Uh, somebody that you're probably going to consult on, on on difficult decisions, right? This person can help you really with those soft skills. I One person that always is that I place all my personal board of directors and I don't choose this person is my uh, direct boss. Okay. Right? This person's a key stakeholder in my success. Right. This <laughs> person. Yeah. So so understanding what they need from me, but also understanding what I can gain from them is extremely important because since this person kind of has a free pass onto your board of directors, it's sometimes then changes the other people and the other components that I have uh, on that board of directors. Um, And then you can find someone that teaches you the functional, technical aspects. And this is different from a specific skill set, right? I look at a specific skill set more so as the soft skills, the functional, uh, technical aspect, right? This, this, this training mentor, if you will. This person is the one that is going to teach you how to view the business differently. Mm. Um, and, and, and really those 
those were the original five, if you will. Now, my board of directors have changed. Uh, since I look at them every quarter, I may update them, move someone off, move someone on. But it's actually changed from what I've needed. Right? At, at times in my life, I've needed a strong advocate, somebody that would help socialize and move me forward. And I've, I've had to put that person on. And, and, and once I got to a, a certain point, I probably moved functional technical off until I moved into another role. Uh, the other thing is, um, how often do you connect also dictates who you're going to have on your personal board of directors. Um, as we were saying earlier, uh, when I first started it, it consisted of people that were in close proximity to me. So I would see uh, people on a weekly or a biweekly basis. Now, as I've grown and I've built my network and, and, and have gotten different people in, I find myself in a professional capacity. You may have a C-level executive, Fortune 100 company. There, there's an expectation there that I'm not going to be able to speak to this person week over week. But if I can even speak with you once a month, that helps me have point uh, uh, pulse checks every 30 days or so. Um, and I think when you develop that relationship, you have to establish the expectations and set those boundaries uh, from the onset. Whether you are that mentor or whether you're looking to be mentored, you'll talk about what you want to learn. You would talk about uh, how often you're going to meet and, and then talk about when you're actually going to reassess right and move forward so it helps set the expectation that this does have a a end date or there is a certain life expectancy of the mentorship relationship does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah i was just listening to a podcast and the author of this book i can't even think of the name of it but i was it was definitely on the 5 a.m miracle and they had an author um of a book called the one minute mentor Mm -hmm. And they talked about, um, you know, when you know it's time for your mentoring relationship to come to an end Mm -hmm. with someone Um, and like what that looks like. And how do you maybe you you've gone to speaking from this person once a week to like now it's once a month. But like a couple years have gone by. Mm -hmm. You said you you assess it quarterly, but they were saying like, let's say year one, maybe you are new to role Mm -hmm. or new to the experience. And this person, Mm -hmm. the role that they fit in terms of mentoring you was significant. Maybe by year two, not so much. And like, how do you amicably separate, Mm -hmm. which I feel is weird because. I feel like this whole thing with board of directors, you're not like, hey, you're on my personal board of directors <laughs> or you're right. my mentor. Right. Um, so are all of these, they're obviously mental or personal mental assessments that you're taking and mm-hmm. notes that you're doing for yourself. But how do you go about um, dwindling down maybe some of these com- these conversations or your contact with your mentors or when you go about assessing it like you say once a quarter if you're removing someone off and adding someone on mm-hmm. is it just a simple shift in the amount of time you spend with them not yeah. like a conversation it, it can be both uh, a lot of times it just is the time invested and, and when you first start that relationship if you're able to identify what you need or or if you are the mentor what you are able to provide then the conversation at some point turns to you have a mastery or at least a good grasp of of that 
that line item, right, that allows you to have and facilitate the conversation around moving forward. Now, I think it's it's very important that you maintain that relationship, um, obviously, and that's some of what I was talking about as far as reaching out, checking in from time to time, because there's always value that, that can be gained and value that you can add. Uh, but depending on where you are in your career, that changes. I've had, from my original board of, of directors, two people on here that I'm looking at are actually mentees of mine now and Mm. it's just the way that our careers have have continued to evolve someone went from that peer buddy to that functional technical right um and then ended up a mentee and if we weren't having just that honest transparent conversation about where we are and what we need from each other we wouldn't have been able to get to this place Mm mm-hmm Um, So we're going to shift a little bit uh, because I'm curious about, and this is the second big piece of what you always talk to me about around business relationships and um, how this is a relationship business. And and you've, like I mentioned before, you've excelled in your career uh, and just overall at other places you've worked, but where we're currently working now, um, you're the first person that I can say I personally know and you've gotten promoted. I've mentioned a lot of times on this podcast about how I've gotten a lot of promotions and I've been in a position where I've been peers with someone and then I get promoted and now I'm like the boss of my peer. It has never happened to me in reverse though where I was peers with someone and then that person gets promoted. But you've excelled in a in a great way and during that process um in addition to all of the things that we value working hard, like I'm big on that. If I come to work and I just work hard and I'm performing, I know I will get promoted. And that's true, but you're the one who always keeps mentioning relationships that you build, how you can leverage certain relationships with people. And where we work, there is a a multitude of people that you can build relationships with um, and find value in those. So I'm curious how you go about building relationships in business? Oh, wow. So that's a really good question. So so there's several different ways, right? There is taking advantage of opportunities that present themselves to you and then creating those opportunities yourself. And mm-hmm. I think about going to any work event or even any personal event and making sure that you you approach people introduce yourself, not being a wallflower, taking advantage of any social situation to be social. I think far too often we would go to a business event and talk to the people we know, sit Mm -hmm. next to the people that we're comfortable with. Um, The other thing is making sure to reach out. So on my calendar, I actually schedule time to reach out to someone that I don't know. And, And I do that in many different ways. Sometimes I go on to the company directory I scroll through and I will pick someone out based on tenure with the company, um, a specific geographical location. I would I mentor some some uh, folks that are into things that I am not necessarily into. I would actually go seek out individuals and and introduce myself, let them know that I'm working with someone, and try to get some perspective and insight on how they've progressed in their career. Um, one, it's paying it forward, but two, it's also building my network as well. Uh, when I first started, you, you you had to do this kind of the old school way, right? You go through your Rolodex, you know, you'll you'll 
ask somebody else to see theirs. You'll talk to someone and leverage their network as well. Talk to them about what you're working on. They may know a guy that knows a guy. Um, but now, you know, with LinkedIn, I surf LinkedIn. I, I think that is the platform that I enjoy from a social media standpoint more than any. If there's an article that I read, I'll reach out to an individual or there are mm. times that I post things and you will find that people of like mind or even people that disagree with you um, with comment or reach out to you and you can engage in dialogue. So for me, it's, it's all about putting yourself in position when opportunities are presented but then also creating some of those opportunities as well. And, and look, I, you know, on, a, on a weekly basis, I may reach out to five people that I don't know, and only one of them um, will will want to engage in dialogue. But that's one more person now that I know that I didn't know before. Yeah, I think uh, so. It's funny you, you started off talking about networking events or business events. And uh, guys, I know he's very we're having a very serious conversation right now, but Terrence is no wallflower. He definitely <laughs> is a big personality. Um, and so, yeah, I could never imagine you just going somewhere and sitting down and never saying anything. I think. uh but for me, and I don't have that problem either, um, meeting people and connecting with people while out at an event. But I think the gym here is how you're saying that you make time, you schedule time to connect with people after those events are over um, or after you've met someone. And that's like a big area of opportunity for me because I'll meet you. We'll have an amazing <laughs> conversation. We'll even say like, and it's, it's not even always initiated by me where someone's like, yeah, you know, call me or send me an email and let's, you know, connect. And then like, I'll never talk to the person like again. Um, I just, and it's mostly, I think the, the age old thing of like, oh, I'm so busy or, oh, I didn't have time. And like to hear you say, and you've said this to me before, but on here that you deliberately make the time to reach out to people and I know you're always on me about like relationships that I've not squandered away but like I could have developed if I just took a moment to send a follow-up email even a couple of weeks later or you know made a phone call and checked in on someone that Mm -hmm. you know maybe we've you know I've worked with closely but now maybe they've moved on um but I just like, oh, I'm busy, you know, and you'll be like, did you reach out to so-and-so? Did you reach out to so-and-so? And I haven't. Um, and, you know, and just to add on to that, I think one of the things that we miss are some of the gaps in our day. Um, on my morning commute to work, I'm usually either consuming content, so a podcast or, or some TED talk uh, or, or even connecting with connecting with a loved one. Right. But in that, I send out a couple texts. I scroll through my phone. And the text messages at the bottom of somebody that I haven't connected to in a while. I'll shoot them a text in the morning and see if they can connect later on in the day. I do that for two reasons. One, it helps me at the end of the day knowing that I have to connect with someone. helps me create that balance and I have to get out of the office. But on the back uh, end of that, driving home in traffic, I spend that connecting with people that I haven't spoken to in a while or shooting them a quick message to see where they are now in their journey as well. Um, so it's just a way to to keep in touch. You, you don't have to do it. You don't have to talk to the same person every day, but it allows you to fit conversations in where otherwise you may think that you don't have the time to do it. Yeah. 
Um, I think, and so that's kind of internally, but you also mentioned um, how you'll reach out to people you don't know, like yeah. in a directory or mm-hmm. you'll see somebody on LinkedIn. And listening to you say that just now, and I'm sure for a lot of people, that may be like a cringeworthy thing, like to essentially make a cold call, right, mm-hmm. to someone that you don't know and for what reason. And in sales, we do that all the time. And that concept of trying to find an angle or a way to connect with someone um, as a salesperson, right? Like I've done that countless times where I'm like, oh, I saw this article and it reminded me of your company. Or I saw that your company was featured, you know, here. Um, Or I noticed that you were expanding and blah, blah, blah. And like trying to find some human angle or personal connection to say like, oh, we have this in common. We read the same book. Or I read that book too. What did you think about X, Y, and Z? And sparking a conversation for the purpose of like connecting to, you know, my product or whatever it is I'm selling at that time. But never, I should say never, but rarely do I do it in a means to build relationships for my personal development. When it's, it's funny when it's sales related, even though I know there's some parts sometimes that you're selling yourself, but when it's sales related, I don't feel like that's a bother or, you know what I mean? Like whatever. But when I, when it's something personal, I'm just trying to build a relationship with you. I'm like, they don't have time for this. I'm not going to reach out to them for that. Right. Um, So is that kind of the way you do go about it? Like, so if you're saying you're looking for someone in a corporate directory Mm -hmm. and you have someone in common, something in common with them, or they're in a particular region that you're trying to get more information about Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Like, what do you say? Um, I reach out and introduce myself and I let them know why I'm, I'm reaching out to them. I never send long messages Mm -hmm. because people don't have time for that. Right. And I'm already taking it upon myself to reach out to you. Just you opening the email alone. Um, I am imposing and taking some of your time. So I'm quick and to the point. This is who I am, and this is why I'm reaching out. If you have some time to connect, please do. And if not, can you point me in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Right? Which makes the next email or the next call that much easier because now there's an association there. I never met that. the first person, but hey, hello, second person. The first person said I should connect with you to find out more information about this. And again, it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, no, I'm not successful every single time I reach out, but I don't have to be. Um, you know, out of everyone that I reach out with, even if I get a 10% return on investment, that's 10% growth and 10% um, network compatibility um, that I'm getting that I didn't have before. It's crazy. It's just like sales. I mean, like you don't, you're not closing every single phone call no. that you make. Nope. Um, and we've even talked about this. I've said that about like, you know when I'm looking at analytics for my blog or, you know, for the podcast and like, yes, listenership and readership is important, but it's really like who is listening or, you know, you just really need that one person sometimes, um, or that right connection. You get that right decision maker, et cetera. Um, and that's all that really matters. But again, I don't know. I need to, that's something you're always pushing me to do it anyways, and I'm getting better, but I think that's the mental hurdle I need to get past of just, making that shift when it comes to me mm-hmm. like now I know I want to talk to you about me or something that's going to help me you know and not like I'm not trying to offer you a product or a service mm-hmm. I think though the the thing that helps with that and this is just the last piece um I think we'll talk about is when you have these relationships or you're building your personal board of directors or you're just reaching out um is to always like add value to the 
person that you're reaching out to or the person that's mentoring you. Um, I know for me, with you and other people, I'm very, I'm clearly aware of your time. I know like you're a busy person. We're all busy. Um, And if I'm going to engage in conversation with you, I want to make sure that you're getting something out of it as well. Um, And it's a give and take relationship. Obviously, there's times that I just call you and I'm like, tell me if this sounds crazy or I'm really fired up about this. We could talk about business emotions. (laughs) That could be a whole separate podcast. But I'm really fired up about this. And you've talked me off the ledge many times. But I think that in the course of our professional relationship, there's a lot of conversations we've had. And the, the biggest points of pride I have is when you say like, I never knew that or I didn't think about that or you taught me something today and those that makes me feel good because for someone who's given a lot to me professionally to know that I can do that in return is great um do you feel like of the people who you seek mentorship from um do you feel like you're contributing to their development as well I hope so (laughs) um but I don't use that as a barrier to success and I look at success not as someone reaching back out to me I look at success as me getting over the fear of reaching out to someone that I don't know Um, I don't know if I'm going to add value or not but I think most of us when we when we reach out to people we want to add value yeah right we want to feel as though we're adding value but I also think that stops people from reaching out well I think that's well intended Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody, I think a lot of people out there just take, 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 take. I don't <laughs> think, I think fair. that people are just like, what's in it for me? I right. want this. I want this. I want this. And and sometimes that's why they reach out. Right. Um, I don't think that people often do see the value in if I'm going to connect with you. Mm-hmm. It's not just about what I can get from you, but like, right. let me give something as well. Yeah. And, and you know, well, and that's, I think we all have, um, I think we all have insight perspective um, that we can lend and, and, you know, reaching out an initial connection is just that. It's just reaching out to make that initial connection. I think when you're looking for a mentor, there's some form of an established relationship there um, that that you reach out and that you connect with. But yeah, I, I to to your point though, you you definitely always want to add value. You feel like you're adding value as well. <laughs> um, I I would hope that that if my mentor is a list, I know at least some of them are. Um, that that they believe that I add value as well. But it's funny, you know, I, I, I was in the military and I um, I just yesterday was looking up the uh, summary um, and, and the recommendations, the, the duties and responsibilities for the job. And I read through and I felt inadequate reading this. Right. <laughs> so I think I think when you when you think about that, sometimes and you think, wow, like this person is in this position there's no way that I could add value. I think you should never sell yourself short because there's definitely value that everyone um, can add. And if you go into it with that mindset and you go into it saying, hey, I want to give something and pay it forward and hopefully comes back uh, to me as well. I think that you build some some really true uh, relationships moving forward. Well, thank you for giving me the gift of finally coming on this podcast (laughs) and uh, being episode 20, my guest for episode 20. um, I, when I first set out to uh, do a podcast earlier this year, um, you were definitely, again, one of the challengers of like, uh, you said you wanted to be a writer, right? What's up with this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
uh, but have always listened and um, offered feedback and given me um, advice and different things like that. And so I knew for episode 20 and I don't know, I'm just like a milestone person. Anyways, I wanted to have you on for episode 12, you know, <laughs> you were 12. Um, but episode 20 was really great. And uh, certainly for me, worth the wait. Hope you all got some great gems out of uh, talking about business relationships and your personal board of directors with Terrence McBurney. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>